Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we cover the late pick five at Woodbine on Saturday, September 18th. This is show number 138, September 17th, 2021. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, you've been playing a lot of contests at Canterbury lately. How did you do? Uh, no luck last night. Um uh, the night before, I did pretty well, but um, you know, I just didn't have any strong opinions, and I played a couple horses heavy, and I just forgot about how the uh, the riding, the talent and ability of the riders is so much different at a at a place like Canterbury than it is at at a major track, and I, I got a couple of just let's just say no hope rides on the horses I played. So they ended up running both of them running third and I needed them to run first or second. So that, that was kind of my contest in two races. That's the way it goes. Sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't. Yeah. It's always something Now you had two entries in the big 10 BCBC contest yesterday. Did you win one of those in an earlier Canterbury contest as well? Yeah, I won them both. Um, they had some, a couple feeder contests that I, um, won them in. All right. Well, uh, I just keep on seeing your name on the leaderboard. So you appear to be on a pretty good roll. So uh, hopefully you can keep it up. Yeah. I mean, that you got to take some swings in those contests. Sometimes you swing and miss and sometimes you connect. So unfortunately, yesterday was one of those days where I just didn't have um, you know luck on my side. I I don't follow Canterbury that much. And and I am not as familiar with the riders as I, I would like to be. And I ended up, that ended up costing me on a couple of rides yesterday. Play in the Sport of Kings NHC qualifier starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC tour members advance to round two, which is Breeders' Cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races. Two people will win a seat to the NHC, and the top 100 will get tour points. Join the NHC tour before any monthly round one begins. If you join the tour, you could win up to 20 seats to the NHC in free contests. For only 50 bucks, it's the best deal in racing. If you sign up for the tour, use promo code SPORTOFKINGS so we get credit. If you haven't signed up for our free contests with free DRFPPs, go to sportofkings.net right now. Thank you, and good luck. And we have a special returning guest. He's a live bankroll contest specialist. He won the Breeders' Cup betting challenge, winning over 300000 in cash and prizes. He's the first guest we've ever had back on for a fifth time. He's taking a brief respite from retirement to appear on the Sport of Kings pod. He's Tommy the Hammer Massis. Tommy, welcome back. I need 
Great to be back, guys. And let me address the retirement. Retirement does not mean abstinence. So let's stop all that stuff. So, so I'm retired from being a professional horse player. That means I can't go to the track. I can't look at a form. I can't bet on a horse. Nah, that's not what it means. So you're just no longer a professional horse player. Yeah, I play when I want to play. It's more for pleasure. You know what I mean? I don't really put much work into it. I'm retired. I'm a victim like the rest of you guys. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I think people really, uh, they, they enjoy saying he's coming out of retirement, but we thought you were retired. So, uh, you know, let's let, let people have their fun. Yeah. It's, a, it's like saying, you know, a professional athlete retires, right. And he still doesn't go to the gym. He still doesn't, you know, go watch his sport. You know, it's, whatever that'd be kind of like sugar ray leonard just uh, beating up on people on the on the side just occasionally kind like, of like i that. said on twitter the other day michael jordan shooting hoops in the park well there you go yeah so what's news tommy have you or will you be in any tournaments is does retirement mean no tourneys yeah i don't see myself playing one i i can't make it to the keeneland tournament you know, I might play, I might play online or from home. I might, but I got no interest. I got no interest whatsoever in the NHC or any of these two, two romper room contests. That's for sure. Never had. I've qualified for the NHC trying to qualify for the BCBC. Right. Um, I, Chris, are you familiar with romper room contests? I, I'm, I'm not sure which contest he's referring to. They're my favorite ones, especially when you get to use chalk. Those are my favorite ones. Yeah, romper room. Uh, you guys never had romper room in the U.S.? Well, we had romper room, but I just don't. Uh, I don't get the connection to contests. That's for kids. <laughs> it's horse racing's version of kindergarten, making two two mythical wagers. Okay, so any any sort of any uh, all mandatory. 10 races, contests, that's not your cup of tea. Yeah, too, too mythical, anything mythical, play money, you know? Well, you it's are a lot of it's, it's actually questions. embarrassing. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I'm just a horse player, man. I'm a rambling, gambling man, or I was. <laughs> Chris, do you have any questions for the hammer before we get it's started? Sounds like we should have let in with some Almond Brothers music based on what Tommy just said. Um, <laughs> Born to be a rambling man. <laughs> born, I was born a gambling man. Yeah, well, so um, given I, I was quoting are, Bob Seger, actually. Oh, well, there's a good, you know. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Listen, um, I'm, I'm so better. I'm better at music than horses, so you don't have to. <laughs> so, so how much are given? However, you define your current state of retirement. Um, are you going to the track every day at Woodbine? Are you playing it every day? You just play once a week? I, I, what? I think I was going regularly when there's nice weather, hanging out with my friends. I haven't gone in about a week or so. I'll go tomorrow. I don't know about Sunday. So I enjoy it, man. You know, I, the, the track is my home away from home. There's a difference of going there and, you know, uh, putting up, uh, you know, a $200 uh, kitty between three guys and fooling around and betting thousands 
So you, but you're still pretty familiar with the track this year. You've been following it. Do you have anything in particular to point out to players that might not typically play woodbine that they should be aware of for the yeah. you know the races? Everybody's everybody is winning. All the trainers are winning. All the jockeys are winning. There's no real you know. Mark Cassie is you know got all the best horses. Kevin is second. Kevin Attard is second. But it it's unreal how, you know, it's really become an even playing field, I guess you could, you could say. Well, there's no dominant. Yeah. There's no dominant trainer. No. And, and I'll tell you one thing too. And this is from a friend of mine who is, you know, really a, a guy who plays through figures and all that stuff. Right. And he says, if you're a figure player at Woodbine, there's a, you know, he goes, you might as well just hang yourself because, with the three different tracks, with the with the inner turf, outer turf, and synthetic, if you try to make sense of, you know, he goes, it's just, he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, I just can't do it anymore. He goes, so I just throw the figures out, don't even look at buyers, and just, you know, try to play it that way. And I think it's great advice for Woodbine, because you know, you'll you'll see, uh, like when the two year olds are running. Uh, a two-year-old will run four and a half, run a big race, and get a 40 buyer. And next time out, he's in a race where two horses ran five and five and a half furlongs with 60 buyers. And the 40 buyers, three to five, and dust them. And it's, you know, it's the difference in those three is the four and a half, even though it's shorter, it's slower fractions because they're starting right up on the turn. And I guess the figure makers don't take that into account. So when you see a, a four and a half race where they're going 22 and change 46, it's just as fast as a race going 22, 45, going five or five and a half. But the figures don't show that. And, you know, you have to be on, on the on the lookout for that. And then you throw five furlongs on the inner turf where every horse goes 21, 44. You know, how how do you compare those figs? You can't. You can't. You you end up you end up in the in the in the loony bin. Well, you were never well, a big fan of. Yeah, no, I know, but this is. Yeah, no, no, I never needed it because I'm playing. I, I I didn't say like I'm. I wasn't. I didn't need them because I usually focused on one track. And, and when you focus on one track, it's you know, you don't really need them. I kind of got, you know, I could add all the info I was putting, you know, towards any figure, whether it's the buyer number or those two figures to the right of the odds on the form, you know, it's like 75-19, that one's the track variant or one's whatever. It doesn't matter which ones you use when you're putting so many other things into it. But if you are playing like, you know, the contests where you have to look at, you know, like the NAC, if you got to look at five, six, seven tracks, it's hard, it's impossible to do what I do, right? You know, you'd be working 70 hours a day. So I, I understand, you know, who when people use figures, they're playing multiple tracks. I know trainers need them. So I get that, but I would buy, this is a guy who's playing figures saying now it's become impossible. It, so how do you, how do you, you, well, how do you compare a horse that ran six on the, on the synthetic to one that ran five on the inner and one that ran five and you know, five or put it this way, five, five, five on the, on the synthetic, five on the inner and six on the outer. How do you compare them? 
I'll let Chris and, and one that. thing, yeah, and, and, and the thing is, I'll let you look at, you can go through the whole form and try to find me one horse that's ran the same distance on the same surface three times in a row, even two times in a row. The, the way they write the condition book there, you'll be waiting. You'll have to skip a, you know, a few dances to get that. Like, you know, you can look, look at the seventh race, right? You know, the, the first race we're going to start at, right? I'll, I'll, I'll scroll right down quickly. And only one, two horses have ran the same distance in surface two times in a row this year. Two of them out of 11 or 12. Okay, so what so, you're saying is it's going to be a challenge. I think we should. Uh, I think we should tackle this pick five then. And start yep. with the race that Tommy just talked about. He can tell us who's going to win. That's right. You're, you're well, going to go first, and uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to. No, let no. You, you know what? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I, I really want your opinion in this race, so I'll let you guys go first, <laughs> if you don't mind. Well, traditionally, our guest goes first. Well. I've gone first five times already with you guys, so I'm <laughs> all right. I'll let, I'll let Chris go. And first this, this is this is a race I really like, but I really want to see. You know, I have a few questions in my mind, so that's I'm not trying to be a wise guy. Okay, all right. So we'll let Chris start. He'll do the odd numbered races. He'll start the odd numbered races this uh, this pod, and you can do the even ones. Chris, what Perfect. did you think in the seventh, which is a seven furlong turf allowance? Purse of one hundred and one thousand for three year olds and up. Yeah, you know personally, I I really like when there's lots of changes in surface and distance because to me, that's where the opportunity typically lies. It, it you see improvement in a horse a lot of times you can trace it back to a change like a change in surface or distance and for the real unexposed horses you're kind of guessing but for the ones that have raced for a while a lot of times you can see you know, you get a sense for what the preferred distance and surface is, and you can use that to your advantage. So I actually like that. You know, I like a little chaos. I think that creates opportunity. I'm not looking for, you know, which chalk I'm going to pound. So to me, that's what I like about Woodbine is there tends to be a lot of opportunities like that. Sometimes they fire, sometimes they don't. This is a great example. The, the In this race, I like the six horse sacred oath. And um, this horse has always shown talent, but it was primarily on dirt uh, early on in its career, and it ran well. It was better sprinting than routing, although it was good enough for them to try to stretch out a few times. It has some physical problems, obviously. Um, it's, it came back this year, and um, they had never tried it on turf before, but which was surprising because if you look at the breeding, the horse is really bred for the turf. It, um, uh, it's a half to Bodie Cream, who's a graded stakes winner on the turf. Um, so to me, you know, it makes a lot of sense to put this on the turf. The horse struggled a little bit, but as soon as they put it on the turf, they routed it the first time. And it really is a sprinter, but it ran a really good race routing. Um, didn't win, but it ran really well. And then they came back and sprinted it on the turf. And that's, to me, maybe what this horse has been meant to do all its career. And it looked really good. So to me, it's found its sweet spot, which is sprinting on the turf. 
and it's in good form and it's you know got some class good connections and it's 21 on the morning line so to me that's the kind of horse i like um i like the fact it's run on different surfaces and and distances and i think it's found um the, its wheelhouse and this is the time to play it so i like six sacred oath yeah, just uh, one point I want to make that in my in my mind, the mile and the sixteenth on the turf at Woodbine, to me, it's just a, a, a long sprint because it's a one turn race. So I think it fits more the profile of a seven furlong horse than a two turn horse. Not taking anything away from the horse, but just in general, you know, even a mile and an eighth is one turn at Woodbine. So I, I don't know if you guys look at it that way, like. You know, we have in our condition book the seven and a half furlongs on the inner turf as a sprint. And to me, that's not a sprint. It's, you know, two turns to me is a distance race and one turn is a sprint, no matter the actual distance. So, yeah, you know, this, I, I find him interesting too. You know, all, you know, actually the horse that beat him in the non winners of three the time before is not a bad horse, but. You know, the horses he beat last time, nothing great in there, but he, he won so easily. So, and, and the step up to non-winners of one other than isn't really that tough. If Desolator is going to be the favorite, then it's not a bad spot at all. I kind of so, like the seven. I mean, sorry. No, I, 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 I was looking at that horse. The price is good. You know, the jockey jumped on him. But I don't blame him to go so, on a so ride. So you, for... you like speedy bolts? Is that what you're saying? No, sorry. No, 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 no. No, I said the wrong number. Number four, Miracle Silver. Okay, Miracle. Number four, Miracle Silver. Miracle Silver. Yeah, um... If you go down, if you go down the page on him, he just got claimed, and he got claimed out of like a, a fifteen thousand claiming optional 7,000 starter and got beat a length and a quarter in this class. First time off the claim against some, some pretty good horses. But if you go down the page on him, especially go down to the last time he ran on the turf, that was, that was a monstrous race. He was climbing all over them in the lane. He had to make a right turn to get out and, and you know, and he, and he was running at the wire. Oh, for 10 on the go, turf lifetime. Yeah. But look, but look at that. Look at that, that last turf race. Right. And, and you're, and you'll probably go down. If you look at them, I'm pretty sure they're probably two turn races, even going two starts below that. Silent poets, like a champion Canadian horse, Olympic runner, A.V. Slatter in the Woodbine mile tomorrow. And this horse, this horse, you know, who got steadied on the backstretch got beat three lengths to these horses on the turf. Hey, he's twelve to one. I'm not going to talk you off him. I just, uh, I just wanted to point that zero for ten out. Yeah, but I can only look at the two races I see on the turf. What, what do those matter, right? You just look, you know, because he's probably been in these kind of positions. Yeah, I like, like you should have under I today's like circumstances. You know, last July at seven furlongs on the turf in this class, he should have won that race. Watch the replay. He was climbing over them, and and you know, I, and you look at the horses. He's running against Silent Poet. You go up, uh, he ran against Ryder Comet, you know. <laughs> this horse has yeah, always no. been over his head. Well, yeah, the, uh, those are good horses. Uh, 
I don't blame you. You wanted to add to that, Chris? I can say that's the other horse I really like in here for all the reasons Tommy said, plus Stein, who I think's probably the best rider at at Woodbine. I'd like to hear what Tommy thinks about the riders there. But um, to me, four very live as well. Um, I agree totally. I like that the horse got claimed and it, and it ran uh, an improved race off of what it had been running its first two this year. And like Tommy said, it has some good races to run back to. And, you know, winning or losing a lot of times has more to do with the competition than anything else. Um, this horse does tend to come from out of it and a little bit sometimes, but it, it seems like it likes to run second or third more than win, but it's going to be a big price and it could win. And even if it doesn't, if it runs second or third, it could really juice up the exotics. Okay. So yeah, let's... I actually, actually uh, last time out, if you look at, if you watch the replay on this horse, he was tugging, you know, he could have been right up there on the lead. He was tugging on Justin. you know, Justin was trying to hold him, and then he kind of swung in and right at the wire, he actually hopped right before the wire. He took a jump in the air. I don't know what he saw, right? If you watch your replay, that, that, that's a much improved race. It, it's a race where this horse here, his problem, you know, you say he comes from behind. Well, two starts back, like he, he, he just got wiped out at the start. And, and the time before that, if you look at his first start of the race, they went a mile in the 16th going 22 and four, 45 and four, which is unheard of. And if he had the blinkers on, he would have probably been chasing that horse. He had the blinkers off that day is why he stayed up. But this is a horse that's high strung and he'll be climbing over the leaders in this race. As okay. to the jockeys. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, the two Japanese kids, Kimura and Fukimoto got big futures ahead of them. And I got Justin Stein right up there with them. Um, you know, those are my top three. Okay. Hey, so I'm not uh, sold just, on Gallardo yet. All right. Let's just a just a reminder of the format that we usually do, where we we pick one horse each and make our comments about it, and then we do the back and forth. Just uh, if we can do that going forward, just for some structure. And um, poor Scott, he wants to get a word in here on this. In that, in, <laughs> well, in that line. In that, yeah. Uh, good luck. Good luck. Good luck with your structure with me, by the way. <laughs> hey, we've done it before. Yeah. So, uh, along that, along those lines, I will give you my pick, even though you don't seem to care who I picked. But I'm no, not going really. To pick, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to pick the eight Stormy Soul, and let's see why I liked him. Second off a layoff for a trainer who loves his move with a 2.22 ROI. Even better, second off a layoff since the turf, he's 29% with a 301 ROI. Source was always fast. Something went wrong as a three-year-old. He came back with a win at four. Now he tries turf, and he has turf breeding, so it should be fine. Shows a 47-3 work on turf around the dogs since that last race. He's only four to one, so it's not that exciting of a pick. Uh, not as interesting as your two guys' picks. Um, but that's who I'm landed on. You don't think there's a lot of speed in the race? There is, but he's, he's run, he's had two winning efforts. One, he was on the lead. The other one, he was stalking. So I think he'll stalk if there's too much speed around him. Okay. Still, if they go too fast and he's a length off of them, that's the way I look at it. I think it's just too much speed in here. So right, is there horse. Any, any other horses you like in here, Tommy? 
Uh, you know what? I, I don't really think so. You know, that that's only listen. If they go, if they go nuts on the front, you know, I don't. I like betting horses like Desolator when they're bombs, not when they're three to one. You know, Desolator is my type of horse. Sit at the back and comes running every time, but not not at these odds. You know what I mean? So. I wouldn't be surprised if Desolator, you know, if they go fast and Desolator blows by them, but a three to one, no thank you. Yeah, that's sort of the the uh, Stormy Soul. I kind of interested in a bit, but at the price, not at all in this pretty wide open race. There was one other long shot that I liked in here, some, not quite as much as the other two we talked about, but the 11 horse Toronto Toro. Um, yeah, he looked really good in his debut, and then he had an excuse in his next race, but then his last race was just absolutely horrible, but it was so bad, you just got to figure, it's, you can just toss it. The fact that it has worked really well since then, and they're coming back, you know, in an allowance race here, I'm just going to toss that race, and if you do, you know, based on his debut, that horse could be anything. And um, at a big price is one that I, I could toss in as well. The 11 horse Toronto Toro. Yeah, that's a horrible morning line. You're right. You know, that, it's the antithesis of, of a Roger Atfield horse. They usually start with a 28 buyer, then go 68, then go 79. But you're right. He had trouble second start as the favorite. And last time, any inner turf race to me doesn't count. I just put a line through it. I'll just throw in one other horse. Uh, he's only six to one morning line, but the 10, there's no Joe, I think has a, a pattern that works and he's one for one on the turf. I um, think he can hang a little bit off that fast pace along with Stormy Soul, and those would be the two that I'm keying in on. Okay. Yeah, All right. sounds good. Okay, let's move on to the eighth race. It's a maiden special weight, seven furlongs, purse of 126000 for two-year-olds. Tommy, why don't you get us started? Okay, th this, is a, this is the kind of race probably where most people use all, and I'll, and I'll run through them. The one-horse Shambu, uh, the Woodbine Clocker, who has his horses on the handicapping page, you know, woodbine.com, you go to horses, handicapping, then you go to Clocker. He says this horse has been really working out good. The two horse, you know, definitely been working out good. And, you know, Mark Cassie horse, Live Oak Plantation. Timothy Ham, when he comes here and, you know, usually has something live, you know, and, and he's brought a horse here that's run some big races way over its head on the turf. So that's why his, his results here might be a bit skewed. Right. And, and you just go, you go down the page, you know, the five had his first start midnight Oracle had his first start in a, in a stake, even though it's like a restricted stake, but he ran pretty good. The winner did win by 10. Uh, the second and third place finishers are in the, a stake race today in the first race, a minor stake race on the inner turf. And, you know, you go down the page with some well-bred horses, you know, the six horse was, you know, and, and keep going down and down and the eights, Kevin Attard and Honor Code. And, you know, Mark Hassey has a horse with three starts, Silas Jant, Gail Cox, who has some nice, usually has some nice babies been working. And, and where everyone is, 
you know, where I shouldn't say most people probably plan it to spread in this race, even though I agree with them. This is where I just say either I key it or I don't play the sequence. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go on, on a low priced horse that I know nothing about. All I know is Mark Cassie on these big days, he likes to show off. And so number two, so Alfred the first is going to be my single. And, you know, even though the other Cassie, you know, seems to be improving with every start, I'm going to take the other, other Cassie. And it's just the way I've always played. It used to be, you know, Woodbine used to always, uh, when, when the two-year-old races, this is going way back. When the two-year-olds first started to go along, there would always be a few mile or mile and a 16 turf races with maidens. So here's all these babies going long for the first time, turf for the first time, and half of them just running for the first time in 14 horse fields. And I didn't know nothing, so I used to click the all button, click the all button. So I remember one day I hit a 24 to one shot in the all button. The pick four was horrible, horrible. And someone explained it to me. He goes, hey, he goes, I go, how can this pay so horribly? He goes, did you use all? I go, yeah. He goes, well, everyone uses all. He goes, the 24 to ones, you know, they're they're the same as an eight to one in there, right? And I started to think about it. Like, this guy is right. So this is a long time now. When these races that are, you know, patented all races, I single. And I don't mind getting, you know, going dead in them. I just force myself to single. And I noticed, you know, you can get a horse like this at seven to two. He's in the second leg. Even if he went off, you know, eight to five, I think I'm getting five, six to one value in, in this thing on him. All right. I like that strategy. And that horse runs for Mark Cassie, who you uh, <clears throat> pointed out as a great trainer. He also hits first time. He's got starters. great. He's got great horses. Okay. okay. He's got great horses, <laughs> but he also hits first time starter seven furlongs, 23% with a 233 ROI. Chris, what did you think? Well, I I don't like this race. I, I'll have to do my standard complaint. Why do they always have to stick one of these? You either have to play them all or take a stab at one, like Tommy said. I mean, why do they have to put them in the pick five? That's my complaint. At least in this one, it's not at the last race, or at least we can look at the early double will pays in the prior race before the pick five starts to see if there's any horses that are really dead on the border getting a lot of steam, but I just wish it wasn't in the sequence. That being said, um, you know, there's a lot of firsters. The one I, I like in here of the first time starters, you know, I usually avoid going with the big stable first timers because they're going to get over bit. Um, I like the, the seven horse repeat the heat. I like the way it's been training. It's really well bred. It's mare hot kiss one like three hundred fifty thousand. A Stein is on. The trainer won with a first timer last week. Um, you know, to me, there's a lot of pluses here. So um, that's the one. I, I don't think I would single it in here, but that's one I would. The first one I would use is the seven repeat the heat. And also shows a 48 flat gate work, which is pretty good. Um, a reason for me to include the horse. I landed on Hidden Honor. Uh, he shows a 47 flat gate work, which is pretty sharp. The trainer can bomb first time starters at seven furlongs. He has a 29 to one winner and an 18 to one second place. 
And it's not like this horse is a big bomb anyway. He's 10 to 1 morning line. But he's got, you know, no matter what, he's like, I could never play a pick four, pick five without using a horse like this that shows that kind of workout and also is 10 to 1, even though he might go off lower, like five or six to 1. Um, so he's my top pick. But I also believe that you need to use stylish gent. And oh, while I appreciate, I appreciate Tommy's strategy of singling a horse. Um, in this case, you know, if Stylus Jet wins, but like my single later also wins, I, I'm still going to get some value. So, so I would include Stylus Jet because he's uh, he's he's fast, keeps improving, and he has fastest work ever since his last race. Tommy, anything else? You, I think you pretty much covered it. But anything else on this? Yeah, one? no, I'll, I'll just comment. I, I really don't like Stylus Jet at all. And he looks like he's improving, but it's something I alert, alluded to with the different distances and that that's that, that's not for me. Believe me, Mark Hatsy on these days, like I, I would usually say the two has no chance. He's going to give him a race at seven furlongs and then go longer. But on these big days, he likes to show off and he's not going to show off with a horse that's won three times. He's going to unload some first or somewhere on this card because he's, he's just looking to show off with all the big eyes, all the big owners on him. That's his, his modus operandi. Uh, repeat the heat. The, the mare was one of my favorite mares ever. Hot Kiss was a, a distance horse. Horse I'd like to go on the front end, but was a mile on the 16th horse. But yeah, that, that horse is well-bred. And, you know, uh, a $20,000 honor code bought at the Keeneland Hill for $25,000. Eh, but... You know, Kevin has popped some big ones, that's for sure. And and I think he's the best trainer on the grounds, other than Roger Atfield, who's slowed down in years. Kevin Kevin's the man. Maybe that's why he's 10 to 1 morning line, that $25,000 sale price. Yeah, I don't, I don't you know, the morning lines and, and looking at double money and all that, no, you're just it's the theater of the absurd, if you ask me. <laughs> they mean nothing. I would also, uh, I agree with Chris that repeat the heat is, is a use with that 48 flat gate work. I would also include big bag beast who shows a 48, three gate work. And that's just, that's just my, I get kicked out of so many pick fives or, and fours. Uh, and when I don't include a horse, that's got a gate work faster than 49. So, uh, that's why I just, as a standard routine, put them in there. Um, of the uh, horses that, other than repeat the heat, the other horse I liked is one that Tommy mentioned early on. That was the five midnight article. And I usually prefer to play the horses making their second start in this kind of race. And that horse it was chasing a pretty good horse that won off for fun. And it was, they did debut in a stakes race. And um, it's well bred. The mare has a lot of, um, produced a lot of good runners. Um, so to me, you know, that horse is kind of the obvious one of the ones that have run that you'd expect to see some improvement on second start. It ran pretty well in its debut. So the five midnight article is the other one I like um, after repeat the heat. And if I play the pick five, those would probably be my two that I would key on. I might have a backup ticket with a few more in here, but I'm kind of with Tommy. If you spread out completely in a race like this, you're just you're playing along with the crowd. Um, I think you could kind of thread the needle somewhere in between just singling it and playing them all though. And that's probably what I'll try to do. 
yeah, me, me either. I'm going to single. And if that doesn't make sense, I'll just skip it. I'll bet, I'll bet the horse I like the most in the seventh, take all that money and start something in the ninth. <laughs> I, I, and it is, it is, it is a race where you can make arguments for everyone. Right. Yeah. You know, that's why and, I and by the way, Mitten, <laughs> yeah, no, no. But you said earlier, you like the, the, the toughness of the different things and get prices. Well, here you are. <laughs> well, no. Yeah. I like it when you have information that you can try to sort through and identify the patterns and trends, these kind of races where they're all unexposed, you're just guessing for the most part. See, I like it when you have a race like the prior one where you've got a lot of information. Yeah, no, no, may, I'm, I'm just kidding. You. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. And by the way, Midnight Oracle ran in the Simcoe Stakes, which is only horses that came out of that Canadian September sale are eligible for it. So got to take that with a grain of salt. But yeah. you get to see yeah. how Where's Neil and Chairman Bob run today in the first race. So Yeah, it'd be good to watch that first race because, like you said, a couple of horses came out of that race and see what they do. But, you know, even if it, uh, to me, it's more of uh, you see such dramatic improvement often from first race to second race. So. You know, even if they, they, um, the horses that they ran against don't run well in the next race, doesn't mean this horse might not improve quite a bit um, from first start to second. Yeah, and yeah. I will add that the, the the horse had a couple of nice gate works going into that first race, and whether he had an excuse or not, it it was his first race. So I mean, the fact that he passed, he went from ninth to fourth, is a, a positive. And uh, he's got those fast workouts to show that he actually has some licks. So uh, I, I would I would use him at twelve to one as well. I'm now five deep, so hopefully that's not too bad. <laughs> I'm most likely cold, cold. Well, I'm going to get chilly in the next race. Which is the ninth I'm race. I'm cold in here too. Yeah, I'm cold too. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. but, but before you go on, just one point that that Tommy's talking about cold, cold. Maybe if you know one of the things about Woodbine is they have a real low takeout daily double. It's one of the best races, best bets I think in racing. So I am always looking for to play the doubles when I can um, at Woodbine. Just a point, and from a player friendly standpoint, those double takeouts really good. Yeah, it's like fourteen. Yeah, I know. But if you so. if you step up, if you step up and just like you're playing uh, your twenty to one shot in the seventh race, right? If you bet, if you bet any kind of money, you're just gonna cannibalize your price because the double pools aren't that big. Now they'll probably be big tomorrow, and you can do it tomorrow. But in general, you can't step up and bet a fifty dollar double if you're using a a big price. You just you just can't. The parlay will pay better every time. Right. Well, uh, that's if it's a big price. But like you know, like you said, you you aren't on big prices, Tommy. So maybe that double will work work better for you. Yeah, well, I'm on a twelve, you know, a twelve to one morning line who could be fifteen to one, right? I won't be playing that double. You know what I mean? I, I'm I'm not I'm not crazy about that Cassie horse. I just got to take a stand if I'm playing the pick five, and that's it. Okay. All right. Well, we'll move to the ninth race. It's the Canadian International Patterson Canadian International Grade One Mile and a Half on Turf, purse of six hundred thousand for three year olds and up. And Chris. We'll have you start this time. Yeah, I think the two horse lays over the field in here. I think Walton Street outclasses this pretty weak bunch. Uh, on a prior 
pod, I talked about uh, an evening I spent with Charlie Appleby prior to the Woodbine Mile Card a few years ago. Um, one of the things I remember he said is that he loves the Woodbine Turf Course. He thinks it's one of the best turf courses in the world, and he really likes bringing horses in. He's having a great year. He does great shipping across the pond, and he does even better when he ships to Woodbine. Uh, this horse has shipped well before. He's run well all over the world. He loves the distance. He gets Frank DeTore. He gets Lasix. Um, I, I just think this horse is standout. He is the favorite, um, but I don't know if he's going to get pounded down, maybe. Uh, but I think there's a, I, and you know, after that, it's pretty wide open. But um, for me, this is the horse you single in the pick five is the number two, Walton Street. Okay, Walton Street had his prep. He's got Frankie DeTore on him. What did you think, Tommy? Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything Chris said. He looks like, you know, probably lays over the field. He's got speed. He's probably going to sit behind the harness horse. Number five was coming back on nine days rest into a grade one. Like, So he's going to, you know, just track that horse. You know, Desert Encounter, I think this trainer is like five for 13 at Woodbine. And this is like, uh, what's the name of the horse? Uh, the one that won the, the Breeders' Cup two year off a year layoff, the Haas or something? Yeah, the Haas. At least yeah, I a year. This, this is, I think this is the mentality with this kind. You know, he's 0 for 15, but he's won this race his last two times, uh, Desert Encounter. He's the only other horse that really has a shot. But, you know, I'll, I might, I'll probably be playing the horse where just say I have a $10 pick fives off the two. I might have a $2 pick five off the three and a 60 cent pick five off of Corelli, who was the best of the rest. All right. Well, I'll be interested to see if Corelli goes off at four to one because he is my single in this race. He ran the best race of the year for him at Mammoth three back, even though it wasn't a winning effort. It was the best figure for him. Since then, he's circling back to that number. In his last, he actually hit the gate. And if you watch the head-on replay for that race, which I always do before I watch a replay, I look at the head-on first so I just, just so I don't forget. And he actually hit the gate, but it didn't faze him. He hit the gate, he bounced off it, and he kept going. He closed into a slow pace, and it wasn't even his fastest race. To me, in this kind of a race he is this is where i'm getting the value when a lot of people are going to be singling walton street i'm going to be singling corelli yeah, yeah I, like, you know, I, like, I, I sorry i like corelli as the third choice but if you look at down at the horse who was chasing him number eight english conqueror you know he's eligible to run in the seventh race you know he's run again you know he's he's got beat by Belichick who you know who ran third to them right you know they weren't killers in that race so these these two euros if they don't show up yeah he's the next horse but if either one of them shows up it's like you know uh you know um with my uh my strategy um I like Corelli here and I think he'll be higher than four to one for all the reasons that you say Right, all those. Yeah, I know, but you're getting. UDB. You're probably going to get four to one in the pick because he's four to one morning line, right? So it's you know what he goes off at, and the value you're getting might be two different things. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see Corelli 
he's he's sort of logical, but to me, you know, he's two maybe one or two notches below Walton Street in ability. Um, and Walton Street, you know, it's always a question mark when they ship over what they're going to do. But you've got a trainer who does great shipping. You've got a horse that does great shipping. You've got a a jockey who knows how to ride in the U.S. and he's probably the best turf jockey in the world, or at least one of them. Um, there's just so many positives that, you know, I just, I'd be shocked to see Corelli be able to beat Walton Street. Desert Encounter, I think, is going to get overbet just because he has won this race a couple times. But to me, you know, he's definitely lost a step or two as a nine-year-old. And, you know, I think he'll get overbet. I, I just don't think he's in the same league as Walton Street anymore. So to me, kind of Walton Street towers over. Um, but I can kind of see, you know, taking a shot on Corelli. If something goes wrong with Walton Street, gets a bad trip or something, then it's wide open and you might get it up there. You know, I thought, Scott, you would end up on the six horse. I was a little surprised. Um, to me, if after Walton Street, if you, you wanted to go with somebody as a value play, you might go with Fantasioso, not because he's great, but he's he's about as good as Corelli and he gets Rosario um so to me, you know, and, and he's the one that might float up to a pretty big price. So yeah, I he'd probably be lower odds than Corelli actually when they go you off. Think, I think, but yeah, think he's so. another one I might use for sixty cents. You know what I mean? Yeah, Just, I, uh, me, I don't want to get he, beat in this race. Well, if you're right about that, to me, it's he and Corelli are the other two after Walton Street that if you're going to use, you know, you'd pick one of those two. I, I kind of lean towards Fantasioso because I thought it might be better priced, but maybe you're right. You know, maybe they're about the same. Um, All right. So I'll, to me, yeah, yeah, I'll just give you a couple more yeah. reasons why I like Corelli. Not only did he hit the gate and still win that race, which was a grade three and a mile and a quarter, but his trainer's two for five at the track. One of those wins was with Corelli, who's one for one at the track. Um, you know, to me, this horse is he's he's yet to run his best race. He's going to run his best race, and maybe he's going to match his best race, and he might even exceed his best race. So to me, this is the you know, but that's why they run the race, right? I mean, Walton Street, yeah, hey, like if he wins, that will not surprise me. But to me, the value is by taking a chance with Corelli. Yeah, Corelli arguably got a better trip than English Conqueror last time. Kamura put him right through the middle. English, you know, English Conqueror was never beating him in a million years. And, and another thing I just wanted to mention that the, the rider of number three, uh, Desert Encounter, is not making it over. He said he's had problems uh, with hitting connections or something. So I heard that Emma Wilson's going to be riding uh, Daniel Tudhope's uh, two mounts tomorrow. All right, we'll move on. Chances. Yeah. Move on to the 10th race. It is the Woodbine Mile. It's a grade one mile on the turf. Purse of one million for three-year-olds and up. Tommy, what'd you think here? I'd like to hear your opinion first, Scott. <laughs> uh, hey. Or I'll ask you. I'll tell you who I'm looking at, and then I want your opinion, being a numbers guy, on where do you think number one town cruise is headed? Uh, he, he looks like he's a contender. I mean, if he, if he runs the, if he runs the best race of his life, which he could, then I can see him winning this race on speed yeah, figures. He's only a couple lengths slower than, uh, the top ones here. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, I'm looking at buyers and they're 94, 94, 96, but with looking at the thoroughbraths or the rags, whatever you're looking at, do you see him stepping forward, moving up? 
I think he could. He's a six-year-old, so he's less likely to. But uh, you know, I well, you look I at wouldn't, from six I to five. He's a, no, I'm just saying, going from six to four and five, like he's a different animal, right? Obviously, something happened last year where he only had you know three starts and shot craps every time. And the year before, you know, he was a four-year-old. He should he should have already been at his top, no? Well, it's interesting. I, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Chris thinks too, because uh, to me, you're right. He's a different horse. I don't see why he all of a sudden this year ran so much faster as a six-year-old. I, I don't see any equipment change. You know, he's he was gelded a long time ago. Um, I don't know, Chris. What do you think of Town Cruise uh, having stepped up two big races as a six-year-old? I think he's a notch below these, but he you could get clear early. There's not really much pace in this race, so he's dangerous as a long shot. I I wouldn't pick him as the most likely winner or anything, but I wouldn't toss him out either. Yeah, I'm just saying he like he's made a fool out of me. First time out, you know, nobody expected that, right? You know, he ran a hole in the wind. He beat English Conqueror, Hadash. Uh, next time out, you know. I was laughing at four to five, right? I got killed. He killed me. I, I bet against him. Like, you know, I was laughing at four to five. Are you guys kidding me? Because going from that non-winners of one to non-winners of two is, it's like going from a 10 claimer to a stake race at Woodbine. I don't know about anywhere else. And he destroyed those horses. Like, you know, you got to get, and then last time I was laughing at four to one and he almost pulled it off. And, and these nice horses, you know, he didn't, you know, he went 23 and one. And then 22 and two second quarter, you know, 108. And they were all going by him and only one of them did. Like he really fought at the end. Like he looked over once he was collared and he fought and, you know, I, you know, he steps up and there's no way who, who, who is going to go with them? Like uh change of control. I doubt it. I just wonder if he can be rated and, you know, he was rated at a mile and 16. I don't know. Last, last time there was a horse, uh, a Roger Atfield horse was breathing down his neck and another Josie Carroll horse outside. So he, he kind of had to keep going. I, I don't know, man, this is this horse, you know, he might get bet again. I don't know. Right. Like, you know, eight to one, nine to one, but at 20 to one, man, like, hey, you know, and I'm, I think the Euro, the Euros, the Euros to me are pitches. Hey, I'm I'm putting him down as your pick. Uh, time form says the race favors a horse on or near the early lead. He's going to be that horse. He's going to save ground. He's going to have every chance to win. The only question is whether he'll be good enough. So I, I think yeah, I think Raging pick. Bull, like Raging Bull, lays over the field, class wise, whatever. I I think if you throw Raging Bull's races out at Saratoga's inner inner turf course, I think he'll love this turf course. But you know. What am I going to do with, you know, Chad Brown, Frankie DeTore, two to one, you know, will I use them or not? I usually don't use horses that are a lot less favorite than, you know, my A horse or whatever. But, you know, it, 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 it listen, it is a race where it, if it runs Raging Bull Town Cruise, I'm going to cash. You know, right, consider, well. I'm, considering that Town Cruise is going to go off somewhere like 15 to one or something. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm stunned every day what the horses go off at Woodbine. It's just mind blowing with all these computer betters. 
All right. Well, the speed with town cruise, Chris, what did you think? Well, you know, the only thing about town cruise is he got clear last time against, uh, you know, probably a weaker field definitely, and still couldn't get the job done. So, I mean, and he's a six year old, so I don't know if you, you know, I think we've seen his best race, but could he get clear and hold on for a piece like he did last time? Sure. At a big price. So, like if Tommy liked Raging Bull over Town Cruise, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, and Raging Bull is a good horse. I, I really like the five set piece in here. I think he's the best horse. I think he's better than Raging Bull. And I really like Joel Rosario on this. If this is a horse. I think this horse is the one that's going to love the Woodbine Turf course. Get, gets to go one turn with that long stretch. And he gets Rosario. Um, it's a big improvement, I think, over Giroux, who hasn't been riding that well, especially on the turf this year, especially on horses that come from out of it. So um, to me, set piece has kind of proven he can run with the best horses. He hasn't had the best of trips a lot of his races, but he still is always right there. Um, so to me, he's the one to beat in here. And if they bet, you know, Raging Bull down to the favorite, and uh, you might, you know, that, that that makes set piece even more appealing to me. Maybe not as a win bet, but again, this is a horse maybe I could single in the the pick five. So I, I like set piece quite a bit, the five. Okay, well, I like set piece as well, and I will use them. But but I'm 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 wanting to go a little deeper in this race. I'm going to put as my top pick Olympic runner. And if I'm picking Olympic runner who just beat Town Cruise, um, then that I have to respect Town Cruise as well. Olympic runner is in peak form, having just run the best race of his life. He was fourth in this race last year, and he wasn't even in as good a form. Uh, sometimes these Cassie runners, when they get older, they they really hit their form, and Ride a Comet is a good example of that. Uh, so that's a horse that I would include, but I – I wouldn't single him. I also think that AV's flatter is my long shot special, having uh, run faster this year, as fast ever as ever this year at the age of five, was fast at two and hasn't developed that much, so could pop. I would also use set piece, who's not going to be much value. Um, and I'd probably try to work in March to the Arch at eight to one, who's fourth off a layoff and probably been pointed for this race. Yeah, the Cassie horses and all three of them kind of fit as second tier. And I would probably lean to March to the Arch. He seems to be pointed to a good race in here. And, you know, but Olympic runner, both of those are pretty close. Riot, write a comment, like you said, is another one that I, I of the three is probably the least of the three I like, but they all sort of fit. I have him originally as my fifth pick, but. Yeah, Olympic runner is my choice of the three Cassies because he's going to sit that same perfect trip he sat last time, I think. But uh, Seth Peace has never run in a one-turn race, has it? I'm just looking down the page here. None of these are oh, one-turn, one-run, one-turn races. So what, whether he who, likes Woodbine or not, that's... that's who, Olympic runner? You know, no, Seth Peace. Oh, uh, Seth Peace. He's never run in a one-turn race in his life unless he did it early in England or but in North America all these are two turn races so I don't know if it's gonna like Woodbine or not. 
Yeah, he was running one-turn races in Europe, and I think he's going to love it because he's had to thread the needle through traffic in a lot of these races. I think that long stretch is going to help him a lot. And with Rosario, who's the best at, you know, finding the seams and, and timing the, the finish, it's it's a big improvement in rider, I think. Yeah, you don't want to be looking for seams on that turf course. There's lots of room. <laughs> I'm not a big jockey guy in, in, in he'll be he'll in, be circling is the right thing to do on that turf course anyway. Yeah, so I'm not a I'm not a big jockey guy. Like just because Rosario's on doesn't mean I to me doesn't mean he's gonna run two lengths faster. But I will point out that he was the rider of um um uh Raging Bull when he got pinballed at the start in this race two years ago. And he still ran a hell of a race and just just missed. You know, he was like a length and three quarters back in fourth. And Rosario was riding that day. And since Irad wasn't going to come along, I would I'm sure they would have had to, they would have wanted to have Rosario run him, race him. And uh, Rosario isn't on him. He's on set piece. So, but to me, that that jockey choice says to me that maybe set piece is uh, the horse to beat. As, as opposed to Raging Bull. No, I disagree with that. If you can get Frankie Torre, lays over any jockey in North America. So to me, that's a, Frank. They knew Frankie DeTorre was coming over, and they got Frankie DeTorre. Like Joe Rosario is a good jockey, right? But you know, if he was in England, he'd be Frankie DeTorre's valet. <laughs> he blew that yeah, race. If you watched that race last year in the mile, he was ten days the best Raging Bull. Well, he got completely pinballed at the start. That's my. Well, then watch watch the rest of the race and and, and didn't finish there. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, yeah, but it really doesn't doesn't matter what happened in the race uh, after after a pinball start. A horse is shaken. No, it doesn't matter. No, a horse like that, it doesn't really matter. You know, same like set piece. They're going to be coming from the back, right? It's just like yeah. Pirelli. Pirelli getting you know bump hitting the side of the gate at the start. That don't matter. All his best races from off the pace probably did him a favor. I'm not worried about that with stone with stone closers. I'm not worried about it. I seen I seen a jockey here, Patrick Husband, kick the side of the gate to make sure they don't get out on, on the synthetic so they can come off the pace. I'm not worried about that. But when you know, just watch the rest of that race. You know, he he did his impression of Doctor Zachary Smith. Rosario did. Okay, that's well, I think in, it, that's a lost in space reference for those of you who don't know who Doctor. Oh, is. now I remember Doctor Smith, right? <laughs> well, th there is a good chance it'll come down to to set piece and raging bull late, um, and you know it'll come down to Rosario and Torre. So we'll see if the valet <laughs> can can outright. <laughs> yeah, the uh, there's no way. What I'm trying to the, my point is there's no way that they try to get Rosario to ride this horse. There's no but, way. By the way, you know that if, that that was reality. No way. No if way. you ever meet Joel Rosario, you know what he's going to say? He's going to say, did you call me a valet? Did you call me <laughs> you want to know something? Want to know, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you my Joel Rosario story. I'm at, I'm at Belmont Park, and I'm with the late Paul Pampa. And we're, we're in the, the walking ring, and he's saddling a horse. He had Chad Brown training, and Castellano rode that one, and Rosario was on the other Chad Brown. And I'm standing there talking to Paul, right? And at the end of the day, it's about one race to go. And me and Paul are sitting on a bench, you know, shooting, shooting the breeze. And Joel Rosario walks by and looks at me and says, good night, Mr. Pampa. 
So if you think this guy has any concept of, of what I say or who I am or anything, he's a real Dr. Zachary Smith. You have to see Paul Papa. He goes to me. He goes, I put $122 million in the game. This guy don't even know who I am. He goes, it's your second time at Belmont. He's, he thinks you're Paul Papa. <laughs> like, Paul got upset, right? I was, I was howling. I was laughing. Joel Rosario walking out says to me, good night, Mr. Pompa. <laughs> okay, well, I think we've sliced and diced that race. Uh, um, well, I definitely so we, sliced and diced Joel Rosario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. N- now there's extra intrigue to this race. We'll, we'll see what <laughs> I'm happens. Still going, I'm still going with the Suki Fukamoto okay. on the church. All right, we'll move to the 11th. Right. It is a climbing race, six and a half furlongs on the synthetic purse of 63900 63, for three rolls and up. And Chris, your turn to get us started. It's another interesting race. Um, I'm going to go for a price in here. Uh, the outside post number 11 emboldened. This horse has been was really good uh, this year. Hasn't been very good in its first two starts, but it's had less than ideal trips in both. And now it goes third off the layoff. And um, to me, if it's going to run big this year, this is the time to do it. Um, Maybe it doesn't, but um, at a big price, 20 to one on the morning line, I don't know if that'll hold up, but um, I'm willing to take a shot with that horse in a pretty wide open race. So I'm on the 11 in Bolden. Emboldened, uh, a horse who I bet last race and was very disappointed in. Tommy, where did you land? I know this, this is a tough race. I, I want to ask you guys a question first. If, uh, you know, this is race 11, as we're coming to race seven to play the pick five, if you guys see, like, just say speed winning, will that change your mind much at all? For me, no, particularly at Woodbine, where they run on three different tracks, because you're not going to have enough information to make any assessment of that, really, anyway. And yeah, for me, like no, three. as well, because the minute yeah. I do that, that's when the track changes. Yeah, good. No, you're doing the right thing. Well, even if they're only running on two surfaces or one at Woodbine, the outer turf, the turf is where it will continue. But I'll tell you one thing, the synthetic. If you think you got a line on it, well, you're just fooling yourself. That's guaranteed. So I like your answers, boys. That's for sure. Yeah, they 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 do this work. Uh, they announce it on this on their website, on the Track Ops website that they're doing. I don't know what they call it, but they say they're doing it after the third, fifth, seventh, or whatever. And whatever it does, it just I've seen this track flip too many times to even pretend there's a bias on the synthetic. So getting to this race, it's a race where. You know, I don't like, I like sprints on the synthetic. They're my favorite races, but trying to get an idea on how the pace scenario is going to be. That's where I'm stuck at in this race. You know, Forrester's turn is going to show some speed. You, you never know what reconfigure is going to do. He's just got so many options. I mean, according to the time form pace projector, which I don't, you know, believe implicitly in, but just as just to save some scrolling, they have it as a fast pace with Forrester's turn 
and reconfigure, battling it out for the lead. Hmm. Yeah, see, if that's the case, then, because, you know, if you look at reconfigure, he, he, he goes to the front 2144, he comes off the pace, you know, 22 and three, you know, he goes to the front at five, comes off the pace at six and a half. So he basically, you know, can do whatever you want. And, and I think that figure in the last race is total malarkey. The winner got a 95 buyer. It's like, I think that's malarkey, but he, he is one of these horses that can be on the lead, can sit off the pace. So, you know, geez. And, and, and another thing to think of, who are the two horses you named? Forrester's Turn and... And Reconfigure. Well, there's no chance they're going to go head-to-head, is there? Uh, I don't know. No, look at, just look at, look at them again. Look, who, look at them both again and tell me if there's any chance in hell they're going to go head-to-head. It takes me a long time to scroll through Formulator, Tommy. Okay, so I have Taylor all the workouts in between. Robert Trailer trains both of them. So, do you think Robert Tiller is going to send reconfigure after Forrester's turn? I don't know. He did it. He did it. He had two fillies in a, or two other horses in a non-winners of one that they're both speed, total speed balls, but there's no way reconfigure is going to go after that horse. Or the other horse is going to let him go. There's, you know, those are the only two. Yeah, I was just giving you that information as per time form. Yeah, no, I no, I wanted I, to hear that. Believe me, believe me, I, I was interested in that. Believe me, because yeah. I can't, I can't make heads or tails of it. And, and then well, when I looked look, at the reconfigure, them, I just, just ran that, a solid second from off the pace. I don't see why he would go for the lead. He's probably going to sit off of the t- six. Yeah, and what if what if the six let him go? You know, that's things you never know, right? That's what makes the game so intriguing. Okay, so let me get get down to this race. I really thought when I when I first looked at this race without the morning lines, I thought I thought Solidify was going to be my play. You know, they claimed them for forty. You know, he ran huge. He blew by Reconfigure. Stein was doing saddle tricks, and next time out, even though he got a bad start, he just shot blanks. And, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, these guys protected, solidified for so long, dropped them in. This guy claims them, runs crap, so maybe there's something wrong. But this is this is a, a trainer who's very aggressive with vet work. If there's something wrong with these horses, he'll do the vet work and that. So I'm figuring maybe solidify will bounce back after that race. But when I see 72 morning line, I, I put a line through him. You know, if I'm going to take something more logical, it's going to be a horse like Ikirin Road, who you know has a lot of back class, has come come off, you know, come out this year. You know, last year he came off a layoff, and you know, craps, craps, craps. This year, you know, all three races were he could have won. He got in trouble the first race. Next time out, you know, he ran against a pretty nice horse, Senior Job, and was listed somewhere today, I think, or tomorrow as a main track only and then you know last time moved in moved up to a non-winners of two and almost win that you know and for forty thousand, he'll probably take some beating tomorrow so i guess i'll have to go with him as my pick i'm against a horse like dixie gamble this horse can win but dropping in you know a stake horse dropping in from this barn 
you know, even if he did win and somebody claimed this horse, good luck with them. They'd eat that horse. Silent Jimmy dropping for the first time, kind of, you know, I, I think he, he doesn't even want to go this far. You know, I think, I don't even think he wants to go six. I think he's a five, five and a half for a long horse, but this horse has run some big races in the past and finally getting a little class relief. Speedy Hans, who's won two in a row, layoff in for 40, like, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's just such a tough race. I'm I'm not going to use reconfigure. I'm not going to use all the low prices in here as low as I'm going to go. As far as I'm concerned, six to one on, I care in roads a real good price. So I just might single him, but, but it, it is a race that's, you know, giving me headaches and as to Chris's horse in Bolden, these owners got too much money. I think this horse will be in a 10 claimer next time. I'll probably be wrong, but I think that's where he's headed. All right. Well, um, I'm actually going to go with the horse that you first mentioned, Tommy, and that is solidify. He's always been fast. He now gets back to his favorite surface. He's always been faster on the synthetic where he's four for 10 versus only one for six on turf. That one win was on the turf this year and that was his best turf race ever. And now he's, um, now he's back on his preferred surface. Uh, I disagree with you about the start. The start is very important to me. That's why I always watch the head-ons. If horses get bounced around, if they hit the gate, or if they're just off slowly, um, that's an excuse. And you know the jockeys are much less likely to to ride them that much harder afterwards. So to me, it's a toss race. It's an value. It's a value enhancer. So so that is my pick. I, yeah, I'm not excited about seven to two, but like I I was looking at his sheet and I wrote winner. So much, so much for enhanced value. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, he's seven to two. More yeah, I, listen, I watch replays more than anyone. And believe me, when a horse comes off the pace, I pay very little attention to that. Very little. Well, and okay. here's a kid, Kimura. He'll ride for fifth. He don't stop riding. So, uh, I, I, you know, like I said, he's my first pick because this guy will do the work on him and everything. But for, I don't even want to get into an argument about horses getting bumped out of the gate. It's. Okay. If they're a front runner or a stalker is one thing, but when they're stone closers, it means nothing to me. Okay, well, we'll disagree on that. I would. Yeah, all, some of I them would just use... get as much of an adrenaline rush, right, and, and freak, and don't run back to those races. So. Okay. Well, like I said, we'll disagree on that. I would use a couple of the horses that you were debating about. I would use Dixie's Gamble who to me looks like his last two races were against the flow. And if racingflow.com had a, an upgrade sheet for Woodbine tomorrow, which they don't because they have so many other racetracks, I think this would be a bold upgrade. So I would want to use this horse. He's second off a layoff and has serious back numbers. Uh, but I would also use Silent Jimmy, who ran a small top for the year in his last and now gets back to the surface where his speed figures are better. So I would use him, even though his record is pretty abominable. I think it's one for 26 um, on the synthetic. But he's got like eight seconds, so he could easily be two for 26. And could be two for 27 tomorrow. So those are my three in this race. Yeah, what do you mean by like uh, Dixie Gamble's last race being against the flow? That horse basically went wire to wire, and Dixie Gamble was sitting the length off. So I don't really understand what that is. 
I mean, that's it's that's the racing flow algorithm. You know, they're not always right. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they aren't. Um, and I put, I put a match. And, I put a match to that. If that's what they come up with in that race. He was sitting. They were sitting. Uh, the two Cassies were sitting one two, and he was sitting with another horse right behind them. And basically, you know, he was right right with Super Stone Engine the whole way. Basically, with their methodology, the it's the horse that's on the lead that counts. So, I mean, I have him. I have him as fourth at the quarter, fourth at the half. It looks to me like he was against the speed bias. Yeah, I think Lloyd was. He come from the back, but no, I disagree with that. And you know, and I, I will say that I I'm not an expert at those numbers, and he might not be a, an upgrade. Um, you know, only Plod Boy Phil would know for sure because he's the one who does those things. And sometimes I. I think a horse is going to be an upgrade, and it turns out he's not. And he, he usually has some logic as to why he upgrades and doesn't. Yeah, no, that, that that argument aside, this, this barn dropping in a horse for forty, yeah, it's not their modus operandi. I don't know. He, this guy, the owner, has been getting aggressive lately a little, but usually they're they're cooked when they drop in. Okay. Well. Yeah, can I jump back in because I haven't said anything other than yeah. emboldened so far in this race? Um, for just on Solidify, to me, the thing I don't like about or no, which one were we just on? Was it Dixie's Gamble? We were just talking about right, Dixie's Gamble. The, yeah. The thing I don't like about that horse is it came off a long layoff and it didn't run that well, and then they took almost you know 10 weeks to get back to the race so i don't really consider it second off a layoff it's like a second layoff of an ouchie horse and they're dropping i i just don't like that horse very much um if this yeah race yeah back, I, you know, I look i i don't i wouldn't like him either except back numbers and just because of the because of that racing flow angle okay, okay so back so numbers I, I, if he I, was if he was in a 10 claimer would you like him more I I I I have no I no uh, I don't look at class, Tommy. I don't yeah, even know, you know what is this. I know, oh, it's but when they're dropping from stake races to ten claimers or forty claimers, you know, a red light should go on, right? Especially when they've had the fronts on their last two and and got distance basically, or got beat ten and sixteen lengths, non-competitive. Like there's got to yeah, be I a red course. flag there, right? Yeah, I think he's saying there is. I mean, there we agree. I mean. Scott's just talking about tossing it in, possibly. I yeah, I mean, look, this isn't my pick. It's but it's a horse that's a use for me, where I can you know that throw in another horse that I think has a shot, and maybe that horse is higher than eight to one. I don't know. It's thirty-two yeah, to one. I, 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 if I that horse is going to win, right? If that horse is going to win tomorrow, he'll be the favorite. You can bank on that. I know that barn well. If that horse is going to win, they'll they'll the money will smash into them like you wouldn't believe. Trust me. But you won't know that. And, and I buy for sure. Yeah, and I wish it was the first leg too. Then you can look if he has fronts or not too, right? Right. And that's part of the problem with these picks is that you don't get some of that advanced or you don't have that information in advance. So anyway, I just want to mention a few other things on this race. Um, hey, I got all day, so I, I don't 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 hold back. <laughs> Okay, uh, I I Kieran rode the one horse. I agree. It looks like he's a kind of horse that has back class that sort of rounded it back into form. Um, 
so to me, he's one that, you know, at six to one, I was surprised at that price. I have a feeling it, it won't go off at six to one. Um, that horse was kind of interesting. Um, uh, let's see. The one horse that neither of you mentioned, I don't think, is the other horse I like after Embolden. And that's actually, you know, that we had talked, you guys both talked quite a bit about Solidify and that that trainer second off the claim. Well, Western Trouble is second off the claim, second off the layoff. I like the comeback race. I think this horse might be sitting on a big race. I mean, actually, it's first off the claim, second off the layoff. Um, I think this horse could be sitting on a big race, second off layoff. And anytime a trainer takes a horse off a layoff, I like that because that, to me, that's the smartest time to claim. Um, the other trainer did all the work getting the horse ready. It gets that one prep under its belt and it's probably ready to fire. So, you know, that horse is 20 to one in the morning line. So I kind of like the other Drexler horse, um, not solidify the one who ran the clunker last time off the claim. Um, um, to me, so Western Trouble is kind of interesting at 20 to one. Uh, let's see. And then um, uh, that's probably, oh, the other thing I was going to say about Solidify is that this is more for the, sh the sheet kind of player. This is a, this is a horse that um, always seems to react to a big effort. And a lot of times it, it, set, it sets to the sidelines and it had that big race two back and then it runs a poor race. So to me, this might be a horse that just, you know, that was it. You got the good race two back and I might be a little bit leery about playing that horse, um, especially at the short price. So anyway, that's about all I have. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, there's always that chance that the horse runs one big race a year. And he did run two pretty solid last year. So, uh, but, you know, I'm also not singled to him and I'm not playing him to win at seven to two. So to me, he's, he's a use, but um, I, I certainly, I wouldn't want to get beat by him. And if I was live into the last leg of the pick five. Yeah. The way, the way I play them and with me being pretty, you know, pretty thin in the other races, I could get down to this race and have, you know, 20 cent all, 60 cents with these, $5 with that. And who knows? I might, I might just, you know, if I key uh, Walton Street, or is that his name? Grafton Street or Walton Street? Walton Street, yeah. Yeah, Grafton Street is on Sunday and one of the, that's another horse, two-year-old. I think that's a Charlie Appleby too in one of the two-year-old races on Sunday. Yeah, you know, I, I might be cold, cold, cold. Uh, Town Cruise and Raging Bull. And then, you know, that's that's the beauty of the 20-cent bet. You know, the 20-cent bet minimum or the 50-cent minimum. The beauty is not that you can go all, 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 all. The beauty is that when you get down to a race like this, I, could use, I can use horses like Super Success or Dotted Line. Dixie Gamble, you know, who I don't like at all. I can, you know, Western Trouble. I can use them for 20 cents, 60 cents. Use the other ones for $2, $4, $10. So, you know, I think that's the biggest advantage of a 20 cent bet where I can get down to this last race on a thin ticket and have an all. And, you know, 
it's you know it's, I don't like the spreading, but I can have an all for twenty cents. I can have it all for 60 cents and then just play each horse for a different amount. And to me, this is, you know, although it is, to me, it is just as tough as the eighth race. I don't think this is the all race for most people. Like the eighth race is, right? You guys agree. If, if, if you know, if there's a consensus on who's going to use all, it's going to be in that, that baby race, right? Right. Because there are people like Scott, you know, that, and me where you know they're unexposed you know scott plays any that has have a good workout will typically uh, a maiden race you know straight maiden race they all have good workouts before the race so it's hard to leave anybody out or they're all making their second start that can improve dramatically after the first you just don't have enough information to have a strong opinion typically in that kind of a race so i agree with you yeah and I, like i said i was the same those are automatic alls for me right because what do i know you know they haven't run i don't want to guess i don't want to you know hear whispers but i got to the point where i understood that even if i got a 25 to one shot it's like i didn't you know i was getting eight to one or nine to one in value so i just for even if i got to pick a number out of my hat i'm single in that race that's for sure okay yeah and i usually kind of do something in between um i don't single i don't play all I'll just focus on ones that I know I'll, you know, I'll be decent prices and, or maybe even throw in a favorite. I mean, but I won't play them all and certainly won't play them all for the same amount. Yeah. That's a never. Okay. So, Hey, for, for purposes of brevity and also because I do have an appointment, I would like to thank our guest, the hammer, Tommy. Thanks for handicapping with us today. Hey, well, if you got to go, I could still talk with Chris. We'll go over the 12th race. <laughs> I have a horse I like in that 12th race. Do tell. <laughs> All right, just throw, throw out that I horse. Scott's got to go. Okay. No, 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 no. I, I, I do have to go okay. if you want. Hey, say the horse. Which horse? I won't, I won't debate it. Just tell me which horse. All right, Chris, uh, what horse? Candy Overload, the four horse. Very right, interesting. Candy. Okay. Candy Overload. All right, so that spot play by Chris, Candy Overload. Overload. In, in the 12th at Woodbine. That will conclude show number 138 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Woodbine, and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. Thanks, guys. I'll see you on Sport of Kings. Cheers. Giddy up. I got that one from you, Tommy. Did you? I did. Yeah, you said giddy up one time. You did. The very first time. There we go.